You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hi folks and welcome to episode 27 of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. I'm your host, Bart Bouchotts. Now, this month is the month with Christmas in it, so it's always difficult to get a panel together. So instead of trying to struggle to find a panel, I decided not to bother, and instead we're having an interview show for the first time ever. So uh, it's just me and one guest, so welcome aboard Mr. One Guest, i.e. Stefan Lesage. Hi, Stefan. Hi, Bart. Well, thanks for having me here today. Well, this was entirely your idea. So you made the mistake of sending me an email with an idea, and then I just went, I know, we'll do that. Oh, no, it's my fault. (laughs) Well, in the last show, uh, one of the things that uh, Antonio Rosario recommended as a potential gift for a photographer was a mini drone. And uh, the idea was that this mini drone wouldn't actually carry a camera itself because it's a mini drone, but it would give you practice for flying with real drones. And you said, well, real drones are cool. Why don't we talk about real drones? So this is a show about drones. Oh, great, great. I know a few things about drones and then... (laughs) Well, so, you, you've, you've shown me some footage you've shot from drones, and it's, well, it's cool. There's no other word for it, really. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, uh, you can get some pretty nice results with it. It's true. Yeah. So, I guess it's a very big topic, so I'm wondering, is probably the best place to start to give people an idea? Because we say drone, but that's, that's a very large group of things, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, fr- from my point of view, I don't call them drones because drone a drone makes me think of, of military or something uh, destructive. Uh, we, we used to call them uh, UAVs here, unmanned aerial vehicles, and and that could be just uh, just about uh, anything, something with fixed wings, like like uh, some kind of a plane, mm. or it could be something with uh, with a rotor, like a helicopter or multi rotor, a quadcopter, octocopter. Yeah, could be just about anything. And so in terms of price, I mean, I presume they range from, well, actually, how cheap do they start? Like, you know, how, how much money would someone need to start with a basic drone? Uh, well, it's, if it's something to just play with, to, to learn how to fly, I think you can you can have something pretty decent at uh, even under 100 euros. I don't know the correct uh, price okay, and dollars so for that, but... Well, that's, you know, that's good enough. That's a range. But for that money, you wouldn't expect it to be strong enough to lift a camera. No, no, no. Those are uh, pretty small, actually. They are, I think, uh, 10 centimeters. Uh, okay. They fit in, in the palm of your hand. But uh, they, like uh, Antonio mentioned, it's it's good to start with that to learn how to fly. Why? Because those uh, little ones, they don't come with a camera, but they mm-hmm. also don't come with, uh, with any stabilization, a GPS. So you, you really have to learn how to fly those things in ah. comparison to a, a more advanced uh, drone, which we will cover lately, later, those have he- GPS in, 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 uh, inside and they can, uh, how should I call it, they can stabilize themselves based on the GPS position and the little ones don't. So okay. it's a good, a, good, a good way to start. And of course, the little ones, if they break, well, they're little and cheap. Yeah, yeah. they are. And most, most of them are, are pretty sturdy uh, as well. And I, I presume you can buy replacement rotor blades when you smash them into yeah, a flower perfectly, pot. perfectly. Okay, so how how much more would you have to spend approximately to then get your your first drone that could hold a camera? Uh, 
Well, some of those little ones actually come with a, a camera inside, but uh, yeah, I don't know what uh, the quality of that camera is. But uh, some some of them have. Uh, I think we have here in Belgium something uh, which we call a real toys, which is a, cl- a small uh, quadcopter which comes mm-hmm. with uh, with HD camera in it, and. Uh, that's about, I think, 165 euro, and sometimes you can get them cheap as, as well. But um, the camera inside that device isn't really stabilized, so any movement the, the drone makes will ah. reflect in the camera. And a drone, uh, a quadcopter, makes a lot of, a lot of movements. Uh, every little bit of wind and then the blades are constantly turning, so it, it shakes a little. So it, it's kind of it's an unstable equilibrium, and it's always trying to correct itself. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Okay, so okay, so if you're going to get that cinematically beautiful footage, you're going to need to move up to the next scale of drone, I presume? So mm-hmm. what, they just get bigger, or what changes when you move up? Uh, what changes? Well, uh, there are some upgrades you can do. Like, for example, if, if you talk about uh, something you could use really for uh, shooting video or, uh, mm-hmm. or uh, photography, an area of photography, I think you are referring to uh, things like, for example, uh, uh, the Parrot. Uh, I can't remember. The previous one was the AR drone, but they now have a new one called uh, a Bebop. And that's already a nice camera inside, and also two cameras. One which uh, which shoots directly in front of the the UAV, and one which shoots uh, downwards. Ah. So you can take pictures from uh, topside view, and you can p- take pictures uh, from uh, the front of the of the drone. And are those cameras in any way stabilized, or is that again quite a wobbly view? Well, they they are quite optimized actually. It's not uh, not not perfect yet, but mm. uh, it's you get some pretty decent results with those. Okay, and. So if it has a front-facing camera, does that mean that you have you could have an app on your phone or something and yes, 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 fly Those, uh, it as if you're in it, I suppose. Yeah, you, you the the Bebop and the AR drone, uh, they give you what they call a, a first-person view. Hmm. Uh, it's like you you are actually uh, flying uh, inside the drone and you see what the drone sees. So every movement the drone makes, you will see it. And it has some advantages and disadvantages. The disadvantages, of course, is, is that you, you you watch the screen and you don't really watch where uh, where the UAV, the helicopter, the quadcopter <laughs> is flying, which yeah, you can bump into things. Uh, or, or there there are some uh, some security issues as well. Not really security, safety uh, yes. is the the correct word. Like for example, if you fly, um, uh, I don't know, uh, outside, you, a bird can come towards the UAV and then uh, fly into it, and that's something you will not notice if you have a, a first oh, yeah, person view. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, how should I? Uh, well, it's, it's like some blinkered. form of thermal view you you get. Yeah. So you don't really you see what the camera sees, but you don't really see what's what's around the the UAV, and that's um, uh, that can be pretty dangerous. I presume with a quadcopter, it doesn't have to fly in the direction the camera is pointing. They can go sideways and stuff, can't yes, they? Yes, it can go go sideways. It can go any way you want. Something which uh, which uh, which is difficult also is that. Um, uh, the 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 UAV the the, the quadcopter flies uh, and you have to uh, how should I call it uh, the direction you you give it uh, mm-hmm. the the commands you give it from the sticks are always in relation to the nose of the craft so if you push push left it will go to the left of its nose 
And if you are right. flying towards you, you are flying what they call nose-in flight, so the nose points yes. to you. But if you push left on the stick, it will go left uh, to the nose from its nose, which is right for you. So and it's that, like a remote control car. Yeah, it's 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 quite the same. Yeah, but that can be quite confusing if you're like, yeah. for example, when I had my first. Uh, uh, DJI Phantom uh, at that time. Mm. I was trying to fly it and then uh, explain to my son, oh, look, it's pretty easy and, and there are some trees in the air, but okay. And I was telling him, uh, okay, you can try. And he tries. Then he gives the controls back to me, but he turned the plane in the, <gasps> with, with its nose towards me. So I was approaching the trees and I said, okay, I will take over. And I didn't really pay attention to the, the nose. So I pushed my sticks towards the left Away from, I, away from the trees. Away from the trees. But since the do- nose was pointing towards me, it was flying into the trees. And your reflectionist, you push, you push the stick even further to the, to the oh. left because you, you want to go to the left. Of, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, your brain is not on thinking mode; it's in panic yeah. mode. Yeah. So uh, that was also the first crash. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But those uh, those uh, those uh, quadcopters are actually pretty sturdy. They can handle uh, crashes pretty well, actually. Okay, and again, I presume stuff like blades and the things you're most likely to break. Yeah, those are uh, those are most of of the things uh, on on that device are are uh, plastic, and uh, at that time I didn't really have any any stabilization on the device, so it was uh, it it didn't it, there was nothing to the to the craft itself, just one blade which was a little bit folded, but uh, that was quickly replaced. Yeah. Okay, so. If I had um, something like a GoPro, a small but powerful camera, yes. What what sort of price range to the nearest hundred euro ish? You know, like you know, is are we talking five hundred euro to have a drone or a, a UAV that could carry a, a GoPro, or are we talking a thousand or two thousand? I mean, you know, very very roughly, what what sort of money to to carry something like that? Well, you could. Uh... If you want to stick with the the, the GoPro, I think you're. Yeah, you're heading in the direction of, of uh, 500 euros. That seems cheaper than the last time I even considered this three or four years ago. Well, they have dropped quite a lot in price. For, uh, t- these days you can get a, a pretty decent setup uh, for, for just under 500 euros with a stabilized camera, not a GoPro, wow. but uh, okay. a stabilized camera, uh, GPS in the device, uh, pretty much everything. And uh, is the GPS, is that useful for so it, does, it helps with the stabilization but does it also help with other things like could you command the drone go here do this instead of having to fly left right left right or is that too asking too much uh some some models uh, allow you to do that some uh, models from uh, like for example the dji phantom has a few models which uh, which allow you to uh, download an application on your ipad and you can uh, some put in some sort of navigation coordinates like for example the the parrot the bebop uh, i have here for for some testing it allows you to do that as well uh, you can plug in a gps module and then you can uh, control it from the ground you, you have a ground station where you can say oh fly, fly from here to that point turn 30 degrees uh, gain some altitude and fly so almost a- like a director sort of directing a scene yeah, it is, and uh, for such things, it's it's quite 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 good actually. Because uh, if you're shooting video, uh, most of the time when I when I did some uh, shoots with uh, with uh, our uh, Phantom in the beginning, uh, first of all, we didn't see what the camera saw, so hmm. 
we had to go on uh, on feeling. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> I, I hope we will have it. And then uh, after a few tries, it, it went okay. But uh, when the director then says, can you do that same thing again? It gets pretty tough. Doing it exactly oh. the same again is, is tough. And f for such things, the, the, the ground station is, is actually pretty good. You can you can uh, actually point it out for my my current uh, UAV. I have a, a ground system which allows me even to to uh, set the speeds. Uh, for example, you have to fly from point A to point B and you have to do it at 12 meters uh, uh, ah. per second. And then when you arrive at that point, you have to turn 130 degrees, raise 20 meters, uh, fly back. Uh, you can really command anything uh, with the GPS and it's pretty accurate. Cool. But uh, the GPS is also... Uh, GPS only works outside, of course. Inside, you can right, but you have, you have I presume it yourself. when you're when you're getting to drones that can carry larger cameras inside, isn't an option. Hmm. Well, I, I had to do a few uh, shoots inside really? for uh, for some things. Okay, uh, that sounds very scary. Well, well, scary. Uh, some we did that with the DJI Phantom, which is a. Still rather small. It's not all that big, and uh, it comes with. Uh, you can attach some uh, propeller guards to it. So when it's okay. uh, the propeller touches something, it will just bounce back a bit because there is some plastic uh, yes. yeah. on the outside, uh, which is good for for not crashing into things, but also uh, quite for the people. Yeah, for the people because if you if you touch the the, the turning blades of a of a UAV, you can get pretty hurt if it's plastic you will get some some burns but for example uh, the the device i have it's a custom built uh, device it has uh, propels in in carbon uh, carbon fiber yeah and uh, that th those things if they are turning that cuts like like knife you can lose a, a finger if you would put your finger in it you, okay you so those finger. guards are quite important yeah well th those are important indeed for security and safety but I was telling about uh, I think the GPS. The GPS. Yeah. Uh, the GPS is is only for outside, and uh, it also calibrates the the position. Uh, for example, if you raise two meters, for example, and you uh, you let go of the sticks, the controls, mm -hmm. uh, in a normal situation, the the UAV will drift with the current of the wind. So if there is right. some wind, it will drift with the wind. If you have a GPS uh, inside the, the, the UAV, it will try to hold its position. So if it, if it feels that it's it's moving from the wind, it will try to correct that. The station keeping, basically. Yeah, if if the wind blows you to the right, it will uh, pilot the device to the left, for example, to compensate for that. That sounds Which pretty is, handy for getting good footage. Yeah, yeah, it is. And that's one of the reasons why starting with a, a small device like Antonio mentioned is... is is a quite good idea because then you you don't have a GPS in sight and you learn how to compensate those things yourself. And I guess that also means if the technology fails you, you yeah. you have the experience you to have take a the failover. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The GPS is, is also useful for uh, for a few other things. Like for example, uh, you can set up a system where uh, it it detects where it lifts uh, lifts off. For, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and if something happens, you can push a button so uh, to make the, the, the craft come back to the same position where it left off, for example. Oh, and, that's convenient. Uh, 
or some some other things if uh, if you're flying too far away and you don't really know uh, anymore how uh, how the craft has turned or uh, similar things and you you have trouble to pilot it back towards you you can switch to, to a certain mode but you only have to uh, pull the the stick towards you and the the the, the plane the craft will fly to towards uh, you as well so it has uh, some some nice advantages as well and I presume if it were to lose radio contact with you, it would come home instead of just yes. falling. Yes. If it's uh, if uh, when when you start up uh, the UAV, it's uh, it tries to determine its position based on uh, GPS satellites, mm. and uh, that's one of the reasons why you always should wait until uh, until it has a quite a perfect uh, lock for your device. Because if if it doesn't and something happens. Yeah, you don't know what position it determines. It might be not very accurate and uh, 500 meters f- further away or, or even the more than that. Top of a tree. Or... Yeah, which is... Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, inconvenient. Inconvenient. Okay. Now, one of... The, I think the first time I realized that you were getting into this drone thing is when you, you posted footage somewhere on the internet, I don't remember where, of some of the World War II cemeteries in Flanders sort of yes. you know a view climbing up from ground level uh, i think it was in the late evening it was sort of beautiful golden light and it was it was absolutely gorgeous so i think it, I think it was a, an, an early winter morning a sunny winter morning possibly yeah to, it certainly had that low low yeah. sun sort of feel and long it. long shadows as well yeah. yeah yeah it was very very beautiful yeah so pretty. if someone wanted to achieve something like that mm-hmm. you know would you would you be able to do that with your your five hundred euro starter drone, or would you need to go a little bit more upmarket? Uh, those actually, I think those were taken with with my DJI Phantom back in the days. Okay. Uh, with with a really basic setup, I had already modified a few things. Like uh, uh, I think I had some stabilization in it, and I was already uh, able to see what the camera was seeing. So those are are really necessary for uh, photography and videography area of photography so you were able to see while that footage yes. was being taken that you you had the, the the cemetery centered in your field of view and that kind of stuff exactly exactly okay so that makes it a lot easier because uh, if you don't yeah. see what you're t- shooting it's it's quite hard yes yeah that's yeah yeah it's something people i think forget about the a lot of the photographs taken on the moon the cameras were stuck to the astronaut's chest so they just sort of were vaguely pointing and yeah. things, which I guess is the same experience, only worse with the drone, if you don't have the the first person view. It's pretty tough, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> on the, on our current setup, we uh, we have uh, uh, two ground monitors, so uh, I can see what uh, the camera sees from uh, my uh, my remote control. Mm-hmm. But I can also give a second uh, screen to uh, a director, so he can also see what the camera sees, and he can give orders, like for example, fly a little bit to the left or to the right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we have uh, also the stabilization uh, is something we added to our base model, which holds the camera pretty stable. It's 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 Some strange. Sort of gimbal, it, is expl- it? Yeah, it's a gimbal, and it holds the camera horizontally. Uh, for example, you know the the UAV makes a lot of of little movements to correct itself based on mm. GPS and on the winds. So if you would uh, wouldn't compensate that, you would see it in a shaky footage. Yes. And uh, the gimbal with the uh, stabilization, it it really compensates for that. So if you would shake the the UAV in front of you, you would see that it's the system keeps the camera horizontally. It's it's f- quite spectacular, actually. 
So it's a smaller version of what you would see in helicopters for news cameras and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool technology, actually. Yeah, it is. So how... How like how far is it realistic for a drone to fly, and how long is it re- realistic for a drone to fly? I mean, I presume you're not going to shoot a two-hour view of a football match or something. No, no well, okay. all de- all depends on on uh, on uh, the weight of the device and uh, and the capacity of the batteries. Uh, I know, and uh, when I started years ago with uh, the first GG- DJI Phantom, we had a uh, I think about ten or eleven minutes of. Uh, of flight due to the battery, mm-hmm. but uh, then we added uh, the the camera to it, uh, the gimbal to it, the uh, device which sends the images back to the to the ground station, and that's uh, quickly uh, the weight added to the device quickly reduces the the flight time. I think in the end we ended up with uh, a maximum of of six minutes, which right, means okay. uh, for security reasons we did uh, three minute three minute shots, because if you have to fly three minutes. You also need to come back three minutes, which is six minutes, which was within the margin of our uh, of our batteries. But yes. uh, with, with the system we have now, we can already fly, uh, I think, between 12 and 20 minutes. Okay, so even with a, with a really you know, good system, you're still not talking an hour. You're still much shorter. You, you could, but then you would have to, to dish, out, dish out some more money, I think. Okay. The really big systems can fly up to uh, an hour at least. But, but then that's, you're, you're that's not talking not about hundreds euro. of dollars. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about, uh, I think, 30,000 uh, okay. euros. Okay. That's, yeah. But I, those are the professional systems. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that, you know, the footage you get seems, looks to, to me like very professional footage. So, that, you know, so you, you can do really cool stuff without going into those. Mm, yeah, you could. But the system I currently use is a is a, a Sky Hero, which is a, a custom uh, built the uh, UAV. It's also a quadcopter. It has four ro- uh, four blades. Uh, it has uh, the GPS in it. It has uh, the ground station in it. It has a uh, a three axis gimbal, not a two axis gimbal, for some more uh, stabilization. Uh, the two axis gimbal um, stabilizes horizontally and vertically. Mm. And the three-axis gimbal also stabilizes uh, when you are turning your uh, device around uh, the UAV around its axis. So it will, if you are turning too fast, it will also compensate that and then make it a smooth turn from the, for the camera. So, so the gimbal just smooths rotation yeah. in all directions. And uh, I think for the device we currently have with with batteries and then two screens and. You're already paying, yeah, I think three thousand five hundred euros. That's okay. It's not cheap, but it's not cheap. It's also for the for the quality of the footage that comes out. It's also not expensive. Well, it's uh, it depends for uh, what you are using it. If it's purely for uh, recreation, then three thousand five hundred euros is, is already yeah. a lot. Yes. If you're making your job out of it, then it, it's relatively. Inexpensive. Certainly, if you would compare it to uh, to hiring a, a helicopter to get the same results. Yeah, but also, I mean, you know, if you were doing it professionally, then professional photographers will spend three thousand euro on a body for a camera. So that's in the ballpark. Yeah. But um, well, if you go for a really uh, perfect perfect images, then you would also have to attach. A, um, a DSLR to the to the drone, which you can do that. You could, you could, you could. Oh, 
again, you're talking a bigger drone because it's heavy. Yeah. So basically, every extra gram that you expect the thing to lift either costs you battery and or euros. Yeah, certainly euros. Certainly euros. Okay. So that's I guess that's why a lot of the aerial stuff is done with the little GoPros. Yeah, yeah, which uh, which has its issues as well. Okay, but, uh, so what's, what's the issue with the discussion. GoPro? Like there is no issue with the GoPro, but there is an issue that uh, uh, just about any everyone in the street is is is, is uh, um, flying with a drone without uh, any ah, regulation. Okay. Well, that, that's a good. Yeah, I don't want to end the show on something negative. So what we were going to do is sandwich into the middle a little discussion on safety and mm-hmm. not killing others around you, causing yeah. the emergency service to hate you, or destroying your drone. Yeah, um, certainly. So one of the things, so there's two aspects of this. There's, there's, the, the, there's the first aspect of just, you know, be a good person. Don't, don't be stupid. But also try not to get arrested. And there are two... <laughs> Somewhat separate, although if you do the former, the latter is probably easier. Yeah, although, well, it, it depends on the country you live in. I think in, in the United States, you are allowed to fly your drone in certain areas. Uh, but if, for, for the moment in Belgium, there is no regulation, so you're, it's, it's absolutely forbidden. Uh, oh, but hang on. There's yeah. lots of drone footage being shot in Belgium. There is lots. But, I yeah, see it on the is. television. It's all over the place. So yeah, well, that's, that's a very whole... Belgian solution. <laughs> that's if you don't mind my saying so. The solution is uh, something we've been hearing for uh, since since I started. They, they were telling me yeah, regulation is coming. And uh, it, it was normally it should have been there in the summer. Uh, but now we've heard that it should be for this year, uh, for this winter. I think it will be for uh, next summer. There will be some regulation. Uh, they have to because, well... Well, there's more of them every... I mean, I'm assuming after Christmas there will be more drones than there were before Christmas. Yes, yeah, certainly. And uh, I don't mind people buying drones and people flying with drones, but sometimes I see uh, uh, on uh, people flying in the UAV and a quadcopter yeah. uh, in crowded areas without any, well, security or... Uh, yeah, it's, it's still. It's, it's, do I remember correctly that in, in America, so the, the the rules in America are quite recent. They came out. Was it this year or last year? They're certainly not longer than that. I thought it was. Uh, I think they they already had something uh, for a while, but it has been uh, it has gotten a little bit stricter lately. I think. Well, there was, I know there was a big thing from the Federal Aviation Authority rec- relatively recently that sort of solidified things. And one of the things that solidified was that you can't fly over people. With a, with a regular amateur license, yeah. Well, in 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 Belgium, it will be uh, well. The, the regulation there will be, will be proposing will be something that uh, if uh, for toy for recreational use, you are allowed to fly uh, in a zone dedicated to that. We have uh, some areas in Belgium we can where you have uh, uh, some model aircraft airports. Uh, it's it's really. Uh, um, an area where you can fly model model mm. planes, and there you are allowed to fly with a, a UAV as Because well. it is just a model plane, yeah. it just happens because to it's be a quadcopter. Yeah. And if you're in that area, uh, there are no huge buildings in the area, there are no cars, there, are no, there aren't a lot of people, just enthusiasts like you. Yeah, and the people know that there's things over their heads, yeah. so it's their fault if it lands on them. Yes, but... Uh, 
yeah, for example, uh, a few months ago here in the area, there was a manifestation with, with runners and uh, I was there and there was someone flying a drone, shooting some footage and flying over the runners, which, well, That's I don't really mind, but what if something happens? And I, I went to ask a few questions like, what if something happens? Yeah. Well, we will see when, when something happens. He wasn't insured in case something happens. Yeah, and okay. Their technology, like, you know, one of the four yeah. motors could stop. Then exactly. What and that's something they are trying to fix with, with the regulation. Uh, like, for example, you will not be allowed, if, if you're not doing it pro professionally, you will be allowed to do it uh, inside, out of, uh, uh, in your own garden which is allowed up to an, uh, an altitude of 10 meters you're allowed okay. uh, outside of the city uh, you will be allowed to fly your drone in rural areas where, uh, for okay example. well again it's, pretty, it's safe and sensible yeah where it's safe up to an, uh, 10 meters that's that's the limit for a recreational flight they they will be making some exceptions again for uh, areas where you have uh, the model airplane uh, clubs Yeah. Those will get exceptions. They would be able to fly higher than that. But then again, it, they already have their security measurements. Uh, they know what they are doing. And if you go there, you will have to uh, abide by their rules. So, Yeah. And so will, is there talk of having some sort of ability for people to do it professionally to be able to get licenses to use drones for, you know, yes, other things? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in Belgium, there will be, uh, you will be... Uh, required to have a, a license and you you will only be able to acquire a license if you have uh, followed a, a, theory, a theoretical course and a practical course so you they will try to teach you something about uh, aeronautics uh, yeah. i think air, uh, how do you call that air drafts and then similar what happens if if the wind blows and your your plane carries away and similar things and then there will be, will be some practical uh, exams as well where you have to fly and react to some uh, emergency uh, things like for example uh, uh, they will they will tell you okay no uh, you don't see what you are doing and you have to bring your plane back yeah. uh, similar things um once you have the regulation you you, you can uh, get a license and they will all also require a, a technical review of uh, the UAV, uav itself okay so that's very like a lot of industries you know if you're a taxi driver or something you would need to have your yes. vehicle your vehicle checked and you would need to have the appropriate licenses yeah. so the same sort of idea the uav has to be airworthy and you have exactly. to be pilot worthy yeah those two things will be required and uh Well, I've already seen some courses of, of uh, some schools and it, a lot of, uh, of the, the theoretical course will also be about security. Things you will have to check before you go, uh, you uh, take off. For example, you will have to check that your batteries are perfect. They are in good condition. You will have to check that your uh, rotors are perfect and in good condition. You have to check some bolts that your rotors can get loose uh, when, when taking off of, or in flight. Uh, all those things are, are really for security reasons. And, and I'm all for that because uh, an accident can happen quickly. And <laughs> Yes, yeah. One thing you will have to uh, to have as well as is some some form of insurance. If you are flying professionally, you will have to be insured for uh, damages uh, that could happen if the drone crashes into a building or a vehicle which isn't yours. Uh, you will have to you will need a, a, an insurance for that. Well, that seems eminently reasonable as well. 
I mean, that's yes, also yes. true. If you're if you're you know photographing weddings, you need insurance. So it makes mm-hmm. sense that if you're flying planes around, you should have insurance. Yeah, the only the only issue we are having right now is that uh, we've been waiting for the the law and la- yeah. the regulation for two years, and meanwhile, everybody has uh, has a drone and everybody is flying a drone, and it's getting. Yeah, I think it will be tough to uh, to uh, to uh, how do you call that? How to? Uh, yeah, how do you put make the genie sure back everyone, in the bottle? Yeah. yeah, everyone's used to it now. The way it is, yeah, they are used the to Wild not, West, not having anything. Yeah, exactly the Wild West. Hmm, that could get interesting indeed. So let, let, let's get a little bit practical for a minute. So if you buy a drone, and obviously the first thing is every country's laws are different. So do your homework. Yeah. But in terms of common sense, so I guess the obvious one is don't fly over people or expensive yes. property, I guess. Uh, you know, don't fly over greenhouse, say. Mm-hmm. Um, I presume you all, is it the case that you need to stay in line of sight with your drone? Is that, is that also good practice? That's definitely a good practice. Uh, it's it's uh, something I always try to do, and uh, some some additional things I try to do is, is have an area uh, which is clean of people for uh, clean of clean of objects around ten meters mm. of the takeoff uh, the takeoff place where yeah. you have to you need ten at least ten meters of of clean clean room because uh, if you uh, are flying flying a, a UAV you sometimes have. Uh, uh, quite some curious people who would uh, like to see it from close up, and especially uh, uh, youngsters and, and children, which could get dangerous. And, and that's why I, I always try to have a, an area of at least 10 meters where there is nobody and nothing around before I even take off. Okay. Something I also take into consideration before I even take off is, is uh, the weather conditions. If there was too much wind, I will try to take off. And if I think that... Uh, uh, it's not safe if my plane drifts away too much. Mm. Then, then I will land and it's over. Uh, mm. It's it's my decision from that. Uh, uh, I know it it sounds pretty rough, but if I yeah. think it's not safe, it's not safe, and I will not fly. And that's a good a good way to do it. Uh, don't take uh, risks. Yeah, don't take any risks. If uh, something yeah. we also try to do is, is, is have. Uh, Two people at the place, uh, okay. so you have uh, one person flying flying uh, the UAV, and we have something uh, we call a spotter. It's something oh, just to keep somebody, an eye. Yeah, who keeps an eye on on the on the UAV itself while it's in flight, because uh, if you are flying yourself, sometimes people tell you, yeah, you have to go a little bit to the left based on the imagery they see on on the on the screen, and you mm. you get dis- distracted quite quite uh, easily so we try to have if it's for uh, bigger projects we try to have a, a second person there who spots the 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 uav and who can say oh uh, watch Caroline. out there are there are some some birds coming in 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 the direction of the, of the craft of of or similar things yeah for security reasons well, that makes sense yeah and of course you have to check your plane your blades uh, your rotors but that's uh, normally Everyone should should do that. So maintenance, basically. Yeah, maintenance. Okay. Um, Something that probably should go without saying, but I don't think it does go without saying, don't fly UAVs near emergency services. I I was very cranky to read that they were actually talking about introducing laws in California to make it legal to shoot down drones because people kept flying them over forest fires and the airplanes and the helicopters trying to deal with the forest fire were getting disturbed by the drones. Yeah. And they rightly felt that they should be able to shoot them down. 
Now, that legislation didn't pass, but I can understand why the fire service would be very cranky about that. So don't yes. do that. Don't do that. And if you, what, what I tend to do here in, in, in my area, since for the moment there is no law, so mm-hmm. it's actually forbidden to do it, but I always uh, try to go check with uh, uh, the fire department and the local police department. Oh. Uh, I know they, they can give permission, but, but if they know you are doing it, uh, how should I explain that? Well, it's it's easier for them to, yeah. yeah. It's easier for them to say, okay, but pay, pay attention because at that time something will pass and you have to be uh, uh, away. For example, we are doing some exercises in the area and watch out for that. And I also always try to get in touch with poli- local police and local fire department and if possible even, even uh, uh, how, uh, how is that called in, in English, the city council. Okay, yeah, so the local authority. Basically. Yeah, the local authority. So at least they know that someone is, is flying a drone in the area because otherwise police might get calls that someone yes. is doing strange things and then they will come and if they have to come and then you're in trouble. But if they know it in advance, they can call known people. They can say, okay, it's just for a, a shoot for some video. and, and yeah, it's, yeah, it makes it easier. That's a pretty good rule for a lot of things actually. Is Yes. Yeah. Surprised policemen are worse than not surprised policemen. Exactly. And if they know you are doing it, you are flying it, they, sometimes they, they they come over and, and have a look, ask questions. <laughs> and uh, Because some, some police and even fire departments here in Belgium are actually quite interested in the technology as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. For example, they, they, we had some uh, somebody from the fire department who came uh, and have a look and ask questions uh, about would, we be, would it be possible to, uh, to attach a... Uh, a thermal uh, heat sensing camera to the device to oh. to detect uh, fires and, and if there is still something burning. Smoldering or whatever, yeah. yeah. Cool. So th- there are some opportunities for them in, in that technology as well. Wow, that sounds really cool, actually. Okay, um, and the other thing just to say, just to, to, to underline the point, there have been people who have gone into actual jail cells for this kind of thing, so don't play fast and loose. Yes, and in Belgium, we have have, uh, have had people receiving huge fines and getting uh, their uh, their UAV and other equipment uh, uh, confiscated. Confiscated, yes. Which is also not good if you spent a few no, thousand euro no. on it. And it, the fines can be pretty high because since there is no law in Belgium, it's actually uh, your. Uh, um, how should the so, so you you punish for endangering people? Is it? Yeah, and for uh, endangering the airspace as well. Okay, which is a serious offence. Which is a very serious offence. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so don't, you know, be careful, be sensible, and know, yes. know the law in your country. Exactly. Okay, so with the public service out of the way, <laughs> what kind of fun things... So you have a drone, what kind of fun projects could people do to get the most out of their new toy? Um, well, you could go shoot some uh, some uh, scenery, some landscapes, for example. I've been doing uh, some landscape photography from the air, and uh, it's it's strange because you're taking uh, images from an angle you're not used to. You, yeah. you normally have pictures from from the ground level or just above ground level if you climb off some, on something. But with a UAV, you can you can get to ten meters high, and you have a completely different view of the area of the surroundings. Yeah. Uh, do you when you say landscape? So do you, video still both? Yeah, I've been doing both. 
we have been shooting some uh, landscape photos, uh, pictures, and uh, I've also did uh, uh, some video for uh, a project in the, the Ardennes here in Belgium. They, they required uh, some, uh, some uh, uh, video for a commercial and cool. we've been able to do that. Uh, it was quite uh, the result was quite nice. They then cut uh, the the aerial footage with together with the footage they shot from the ground, and they made a, a one minute uh, um, commercial out of it for the budget dance. Which so for tourists basically to yeah, attract tourists. tourists. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Some uh, uh, other yeah. things is, is is in the professional area. There's a. Uh, uh, photometry. I don't know how they call it in English, but uh, we have uh, been asked to fly over a certain area for uh, a few times, and based on the the, uh, the UAV took an image every five seconds, mm -hmm. and then based on those uh, thousands of images, they were able to measure uh, how high a certain uh, hill was and uh, how, how long it was and, and the structure they could build a, a, a 3D mesh based on the pictures we shot with the, with the GoPro. Cool. Yeah, that was quite impressive. Excellent. Wow. So, yeah, that, that's it. Because, of course, as you're moving forward in time, you're just making lots and lots of triangles, so you triangulate them yes. up, you get your distances. Hey, presto. Cool. Yeah, and, and they had some software with them, uh, which then rendered uh, a 3D composition based on, on the shots from uh, the GoPro. And they could actually measure quite quite correctly how how long certain things were uh, were as well wow it, i was quite impressed with that but that's that's then really um, on the professional side of things i uh, so I think... of the flying you do is it is the majority of it artistic or is the majority of it technical you know where you're like like those images where you you're taking photos to help someone do something technical or is it mostly to help people make artistic creations uh, for the time being, it has been uh, more the technical side. People have been hiring uh, me to shoot some, uh, some yeah, how should I, uh, some construction works. Uh, there have okay. been a, a large uh, construction project in the area, and uh, they've asked us uh, every few months to come by and uh, shoot some images from the air. So they had some area of uh, images from uh, the, the progress of the works. Uh, we've been uh, doing some. So, yeah, we've seen a lot of that actually around the Apple campus. The amount of drones yes, that have been in the air yes. over that circular building is quite impressive. Sorry, <laughs> that's that's something. Uh, it's it's you know it's it's a lot easier to ask someone to come by with a drone than to hire someone with a helicopter who has to submit the flight plan and stick to that flight plan and can only be there from nine to ten. And uh, with a, with a, with a UAV, then they can uh, call me up and they say, oh, "Okay, tomorrow the weather will, will be nice. Would it be possible to come by if it doesn't rain?" Yeah, it's a lot easier for them. So it's more flexible. It's cheaper. It's flexible. It's uh, cheaper. Probably they they get better results with uh, with a DSLR, but sometimes they just uh, need something really quick instead of something really good. Oh yeah, well, when when you need something, you need it. Yeah, well, the the result was with the GoPro are quite nice actually. Yeah. There's nothing to complain about that. But I think if you have a uh, a very professional setup, you can get uh, even better results. Yeah, makes sense. And, yeah, uh, the GoPros have come on an awful long way because they're you know people yeah. won't scoff at them for being silly little cameras, but yeah, no, they are quite nice actually. Yeah. I've also been doing uh, some. Uh, some stuff in my free time like i had the idea of uh 
of uh, going out and shooting some uh, some uh, places and, and cemetery and battlefields of uh, the Great War here in, uh, in in Belgium because we have some some really uh, some areas here in Belgium which are really uh, um, uh, related to the World War yeah, One, World War Two. Some of the most iconic battles of World War One in particular were in sort of the western part of Flanders yeah. and. I mean, I know if you, I know there's there's places where you know large mines underground are exploded and have had massive craters. Which, when you're driving around on the ground, you can't you actually don't notice. It, yeah. yeah, but fly up, and then all of a sudden, these strange circular holes become yes. way more obvious. And uh, I've been doing some of that as well, and, and I've, I've uh, I have submitted those uh, images to the. Uh, local authorities and, and tourists, uh, and I've been getting quite some nice feedback from them, and they wanted me to come come back for more. But uh, that was uh, in 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 the time when when uh, we heard about people getting uh, their drones confiscated because they were flying, uh, and there was no law. And uh, yeah, yeah, I I, I think I, I can't yeah I calmed down a little bit on on the recreational stuff. Well, so you're very much looking forward to the law being regularized, so that you know yeah. where you stand. Yes, yes, yes. I would love to go to the to the corresponding schools now and get the certification already, but it isn't possible yet. Yeah. I guess they can't certify you for a law that doesn't exist. Yeah, they can give you the course. They are really <laughs> okay. So they're they're ready to go. Yeah, they are. They are. There is just nothing to certify yet because there is no law. I've I've been gone from Belgium for a long time, but it sounds very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so is is there anything that I haven't asked you that I should have asked you? Is, is there any topics we should have covered that we've forgotten to? Mm, mm, I don't think so. I've, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Okay, well, that's that's a good sign. But maybe if if some uh, some listeners have any questions, we can get back to the topic later on. Well, absolutely. I mean, in theory, we do question and answer shows from time to time. We just haven't done one in a while. So if you go to letstalk.ie forward slash photo Q, you can submit questions there for future Q&A shows. And if we get enough of them on drones, then we will definitely do a dedicated Q&A for drones. And if not, we'll throw the Q&A in with other Q&As. Uh, any, any final tips you want to give to people who, who open their present on Christmas Day and it's got four rotors and a camera? Uh, well, the, the advice I always give is, is start slowly. Uh, okay. Take off one meter above the ground, go one meter to the left, one meter to the right, and land again. Repeat that 10, 15 times, and then try to get a little bit higher, a little bit further. Just just uh, like, like everything, start small and grow, grow with it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, and I guess have fun. Yeah, have fun, yeah, exactly. And stay safe. Well, they sound like very good tips. Well, Savan, thank you very much for A, the idea, and B, giving up your time, and C, for being so understanding when I can't do mathematics. So, <laughs> No, it's okay. I'm happy to talk about the topic, actually. Yeah. Well, my, my, myself and Stefan know that we're one hour apart. We just got it wrong in which direction we're apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, it do you ha- want to give people links, um, podcasts or any other places maybe you might want to link them to? Well, if you want to check out more things I do, you can always head to the tech45.eu, which is a, a Dutch technology podcast we do every week. And uh, I will make sure to send you some links of, of uh, images I shot with uh, with my setup. 
or uh, some videos. I will make sure to, to send Excellent. you those so you can add them in the show notes. Well, that will be perfect. So the show notes will be at lets-talk.ie. Excellent. Thank you, Stefan. Um, just before we finish up, just uh, to say it will be business as usual in January, back to a panel show. Uh, and also, if you would like to support the show, you can go to lets-talk.ie and you will find three large blue buttons to help the show in various ways, either PayPal donation, Patreon donation, which is probably the single most um, efficient method of supporting the show. Uh, Patreon has the advantage that it minimizes the fees that go to other people and maximizes the percentage of your donations that make their way to me, which is kind of the point. Uh, so the idea is you, you pledge a small amount per episode I manage to produce and uh, it will be two a month every month. So if you'd like to donate one euro, one euro a month, then pledge 50 cents per episode and it'll get multiplied by two, et cetera, et cetera. And also the merchandise button, it goes to our Zazzle store where you will find really nice. Actually, the, I can't recommend the travel coffee mug high enough. I drink my coffee out of it every day. It insulates it for ages um, and it's big. So you get a lot of coffee. And it stays warm, which is perfect for sipping away while you're working at your computer or whatnot. So there are the three links. Uh, also, a big thank you to everyone who has supported the show throughout this year and last year. Um, it's very much appreciated. It really helps me when there is money coming in to offset the bills going out. Uh, oh, I guess the most important thing of all, I hope you have a lovely Christmas, everyone listening. Um, and or Hanukkah or whatever it is you're celebrating and a happy new year and I look forward to talking to you again next year so uh, I've been your host Bart Bouchard so you can find me at bartb.ie and until next time happy snapping Listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Ever think about becoming a podcaster? Thinking, wow, you know, that's probably way too hard. Well, we have a solution. The Stoplight Network is looking for brand new shows to join the network. Won't cost you a dime. In fact, you might actually make some money off of it. So if you've always wanted to podcast and it seemed way too daunting, drop me a line. My name is Tim Robertson. I am the host of TechFan. I started the MyMac Podcasting at the dawn of podcasting. And I can help you get your podcast up and running. Simply send an email to Tim, that's T-I-M, at MyMac, M-Y-M-A-C, dot com. Tim at MyMac.com. Let's get your show ready for primetime. time.